You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. You know, one of my favorite books is The Tattooist of Auschwitz. And it tells the story of a Slovakian Jew that he had a great life and then he was shipped to Auschwitz. And they gave him the task of putting the numbers on everyone brought there. You can imagine how heartbreaking this was. And throughout this book, it chronicles his life chapter after chapter. And some of it was trials and and tears and and heartache. But then there was other chapters of hope and even a little happiness and love. Isn't that how our life is? Not that we're in a concentration camp, but our life is filled with ups and downs. It's filled with changes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, King Solomon calls these seasons. For everything, there's a season, a time for, for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. If I counted correctly, there was about 28 different seasons. There are good seasons and bad seasons, productive seasons and growth seasons and seasons of decline, seasons of mourning and grief and seasons of laughter, seasons where there are more obstacles than opportunities. There are seasons of stretching where God seems to shake something new, shape something new in our hearts. The, the Bible clearly says that there will be change in our life. There will be different seasons, different transitions, different chapters in our life. God even created the earth to have different seasons. We experience two of those here on a regular basis, amen? Well, when we look in the mirror, we notice our body changes, some for the better, some for the worse. But if we look at some of the pictures of our past, we know that our body changes. Yet, we know there's changes, but some of us resist change. Some of us are fearful of change change. I I once heard it said the only people who like change are babies with wet diapers. (laughs) I don't know if this, how true this is, because I know some of you, you like change. You like being out of the rut. You like being spontaneous. You like going eating at new restaurants. You like something's going on uh, in the city, and you're like, man, I want to go and check this out. But then there's others of you you don't like change. You resist change. You're fearful of change. 
So how many of you don't like change? Raise your hand. How many of you don't like change? Some of you don't want to admit that you don't like change. But, all, but some of you are getting elbows like, hey, that's you. And, and I've been pondering this question that's, that's up on screen. Why do people fear change? Why do they resist change? And so you're going to help me by participating this morning. I want you to call out, why do some people fear change? Not you, of course, your neighbor or someone else. But, but why do people fear change? Just call them out. Fear of the unknown, okay? What else? Comforts. Com- comfort. We like comfort. We like patterns. What else? Pain hurts. Pain hurts. Okay, so some change brings pain, okay? What else? Consequences. consequences. Okay, sometimes when change is there, there's consequences. Okay, what else? Scheduling. Scheduling. Okay, yeah, the change in your schedule may not be convenient for you. What? Interruption, okay, yeah. Learning. Learning, we don't like to learn things, do we? No. What else? Fear of failure, yeah, like, can I adapt to this change? Am I competent enough to to change? Someone said something over on this direction. Emotions, yeah, we have different emotions that's going on with, with change. Unknown. Yeah, we like control, don't we? We, we like to know what's going on. Let, let's bring up on screen just a few things that and some of these you've, cha- you've already named. Change takes you out of your comfort zone. We, we like our comfort zone, don't we? Change may mean that you may need to learn something new, and some of us, we struggle with that. Change brings uncertainty, and you like your routine. I, I was reading this weekend, actually, that our brains like patterns. And, and, and when we have our routine and our patterns, it actually sends a reward that says, hey, this is good. This is good. Keep on doing this over and over. And, and on the, probably the negative side of it is that we can become addicted to our routine that we never want to do anything new because the brain sends that signal and says, hey, just keep on doing the same thing. I don't have to work as hard. And so just keep on doing the same thing. Change brings the possibility of more work and problems. I think we've all experienced that in our jobs or in life. Change makes you feel like you are not in control. We, we, we like to be in control, don't we? Now, chances are we have change in our life. Chances are you changed your clothes from yesterday, right? My, my, my guess is you made that change. There's times that you've bought new houses and new cars and, and things along those lines. But we like change that we have control over. If we don't have a voice into it, it's a little scary for us. Change brings anxiety because you imagine all the bad things that could happen. Most of our fear for change is in these two little words. What are those two little words? What if? What if? What if I can't figure out how this remote control works that I got for my new TV? What if I can't figure out this phone? What, what if I can't learn this new program at Uh, at my work, and and what if just, man, it just keeps on going and we just keep on imagining all of these bad things that could could happen. Fear wants us to think about the negative, but what if we started thinking about the positive things that could happen in change? What if we thought, well, you know what, this change at work could make me more efficient as an employee. This could make my job easier. 
Tony Robbins says, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and be excited about what could go what? Right. And we, we've been, if you're new here, we have this giant over here and we're calling him the giant of our fear. And, and, and that giant whispers to us all the bad things that can happen. It, it says, oh man, just imagine all the bad things. But we want to start thinking about, hey, with this change, what good things could happen? I, I think there are some good things that have to have happened with, uh, with change. Uh, how many of you know what this little thing is right here? Man, when I was a kid, I had my little Walkman on, and, and some of you may not know how this works, but you put a cassette in here. And you play one side, and you play the other side, and man, I was just jamming to my little music, and man, with your, with your friends, and you'd make these little mixtapes. You'd put your favorite little songs on there, and especially for that one that you really liked, you'd put your favorite songs and you'd give it to them. And, and uh, again, you'd play one side and the other side. Oh man, I love this walk. When I, I'd listen to sermons uh, this way as well. But as great as this Walkman is, then they developed CDs. Oh, man, I thought, wow, I didn't have to flip the tape any. I didn't have to kind of like wind up the tape with the, with the pencil. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then CDs, they had this problem. Sometimes they would skip, and so you'd have to wipe them off, and sometimes they'd get scratched. And with cassettes and CDs, you always had to carry like this case. I mean, every road trip, I mean, we had this big case when we'd go on youth group road trips, this case. And, and CDs, the, the same thing. And then eventually now we've got, I can keep all my music uh, on my phone and I don't have to get someone's whole album. I can just pick the songs I want and I can put it on there. I, I can listen to sermons at any point in time that, that I want. It's great. I, some change is beneficial. I, I think about the change that they've made in the medical field. I mean, surgeries that would bring us out for several weeks now are done outpatient. I think about some of the heart issues that we've ran into and now they just give us a little pill and it's supposed to take care of everything. And you, you just think about the progress that has been made medically. I, I think about automotive safety. Think about seat belts and airbags. When I was a kid, I'm not sure all the cars even had seat belts. And I know that wasn't enforced because we we're jumping up and down in the back of the station wagon and riding in places you probably shouldn't have ridden in. I mean, we got a dog and we got all kinds of things going on. And, but now you, you look and, and they got nice brakes and they, they got all these safety features. And some of you, you remember when there wasn't central heat and air and the impact that that had. I think we're all thankful for the change that most places have central heat and air now. I, I think about in the church world, if you missed a Sunday, you missed a sermon, you missed part of the series, tough. Eventually, though, we developed cassettes, and then you'd come to church and say, hey, I want to hear this sermon last week on fear. And, and, and so we'd uh, put it on a tape and get it to you a week or two later, and then eventually we went to CDs. And now we have a podcast that by, normally by Monday afternoon, you can listen to the sermon. And so at the end of the day, some change, even though the giant of fear says, oh, all change is bad, some change can actually be good and beneficial in our life. Let's continue to the next slide. John chapter 14. Jesus' apostles are about to go through a major change in their life. If we step back to John chapter 12, he tells them that he's going to die, but they don't get it. 
John chapter 13, they're in the upper room. They're about to eat the Passover feast. And he starts off and he washes the disciples' feet. He, he washes the grime and the dirt and everything else that are there. And we see this very touching scene where he shows the disciples what servanthood is all about. But you get this tension there. You, you get a sense that change is in the air. They have the meal, and we call this also the Last Supper. And there, at the Last Supper, Jesus says, one of the disciples is going to betray me. And they're like, what, Jesus? I mean, we've been hanging around each other for three years. I mean, we've done ministry together. We've eaten. We've bunked together. I mean, you, you name it. We've done all of these things, and one of us is going to betray you? No way. And so they're trying to figure this out, but change is in the air. At the same time, Jesus predicts that Peter is going to betray him. And Peter's like, no way. And, and again, change is in the air. And so that's what's going on before. And then we come to John 14, verse 2. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? I mean, the disciples are puzzled at this point in time. Jesus says, I'm going somewhere. And they're like, hey, I, we want to go with you. And he's like, no, you, you don't understand. And, and, and they just don't get it. I mean, change is in the air. Think, something big is about to take place, and they're resisting it. Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do, do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. We'll be satisfied. Philip and Thomas, they're puzzled. I'm like, hey, I don't want change. I think they're fearful of change. I, I think they're like many of us. We, we like our comfort zone. And, and Jesus keeps on hinting, and he's really not hinting. He's really saying, hey, things are about to change. Things are about to change. This is Thursday night. And on Friday, everything's going to change. Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial. He's beaten. He's crucified. He dies. But in the middle of chapter 14, Jesus makes us a promise. It's a promise that we talked about on Easter. He says, if you love me and obey my commands, I will ask the Father and he will give you another what? Advocate, or your translation might say counselor or helper who will never what? Who will never leave you. Keep that in mind. You have an advocate, a counselor, a helper that will never leave you. And then if you skip down to verse 27, it says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or what? Afraid. So often in the midst of change, so often in the midst of change, we get anxious. We get anxious and we think about the what ifs. I mean, the, the word anxiety or worry in the New Testament, the Greek word means divided mind. And, and, and we're worrying about what could happen. And we're worried about the what ifs. And, and then we're switching to what's going on in life. And then we could kind of go back and forth. 
And Jesus says, hey, guess what? I have an advocate for you. I have a helper for you. I have the Holy Spirit for you. And I'm going to give you peace. Now, if we go back to verse 1, we're going to see, it says, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Why? Because it says, trust in me. Trust God. Trust me with everything and I will take care of you. L let me illustrate it this way. When I was a kid, we went on vacation to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And there was this little place called Magic Springs. It was a little amusement park, but it seemed like it was really large when I was a kid. It was probably like the 10th of the size of Fiesta, Texas. But we're there, and there's this huge roller coaster. Many, 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 many stories. I don't like heights to this day, but I really didn't like them when I was a kid. And my dad says, hey, as a family, let's go ride this roller coaster. I said, Dad, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to crawl up all of these stairs? And then on top of it, the roller coaster goes really fast, goes in the loop, and then it stops in the middle of the loop, and you're hanging upside down. That makes no sense. Why would I crawl up something really high, and why would I want to hang upside down? Dad, that's crazy. Hey, we're going as a family. And so he starts walking up. And if I want to have parents, I got to follow him. And so, man, I'm walking and I'm kind of doing this, holding on to the bar and I'm trying not to look down, but I am looking down and I'm thinking, I'm going to die, Lord. On this stinking roller coaster, I think it was called the Texas Tornado. I think that's the name of it. On my memory... I can't remember for sure, but I think that was the name. And so, man, I'm going up and I'm shaking and but dad's ahead, and he's like, you can do it, you can do it, Ronnie, you can do it. And then we finally get to the top, and man, I'm still scared. And he gets, in, uh, gets on the ride with me, and, and we ride it, and we're hanging upside down, and we got off, and I still thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But you know why I could do it? Because my daddy was with me. My, my dad walked with me up those stairs. He encouraged me. My dad was with me hanging upside down, doing this crazy thing, but my daddy was with me. Some of you, you need to be remind, reminded that your daddy's with you. Last week, we talked about the fear of, fear of the giant, and, and we talked about how sometimes God takes the battle, but sometimes he says, hey, I want you to face the giant, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Let's go to the next slide. Change is a chapter. It's not the whole book. In, in, in life, we're going, to we're going to have change. And there's going to be some good change, and there's going to be some bad change. There's going to be some ups and downs in our life. But when we're going through those unpleasant times, maybe those times of grief, maybe those times of starting a new job, maybe those times of your kids just rebelling or whatever, the marriage difficulty, whatever it may be, I think we need to remember that change is a chapter. It's not the whole book. It will only last for a period of time. Courage, well, before I say this, let me just say this. I was working on this sermon, and... And all of a sudden, I get a text message from, from Sumi Roach. And she says, hey, I just thought I would send this to you. And, and she sends me this quote. It says, courage is not the absence of fear. It's stepping out 
in spite of fear. I said, man, whoever said that was really smart. And then it had on the sticky note, it was from my sermon back in 2015. <laughs> I said, well, I know I'm not that smart. <laughs> you know who that was? That was the Holy Spirit speaking and speaking right at the right time. And I actually went back and, and tried to find who the quote was from. Some credit Shakespeare, but a lot of people say it's just unknown. So I'm just going to claim it for the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to claim it for our lives. Because if you're like me, I need to hear this. Courage is not the absence of fear. Times, there's times that I am scared. There, there's chapters in my life. There's seasons in my life. There's transitions in my life that I have to acknowledge I am fearful about it. But despite it, I'm going to step out despite that because you know why? I have an advocate. I have my daddy right next to me. And my daddy gives me the courage to face the giant of fear. And when daddy's there, everything's okay.